Two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies. Talking about the struggle, talking about Big Papa. Hello again. Thank you for joining us. This is Big Papas, the podcast for modern dads. I'm Dan Worry Smith. I'm Pierre Hamilton. We're back with episode two. Back at it again. We're talking pregnancy. Oh, you know what it is. (laughs) You did it. Your partner is pregnant. Mazel tov. Woo. It's a celebration, bitches. Uh, now you can sit back and just whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, no, it's not so. sitting, but there's no sitting back. Uh-uh. What the heck do you do during the nine or so months that the kid is in utero? On today's show, we're going to talk pregnancy a bit from the dad perspective, but we're also going to check in with money columnist Shannon Lee Simmons about what to expect financially when you're expecting. But first, let's just go into this pregnancy thing a mm-hmm. little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I just mentioned the book, and I know this is a very old book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Sure. But we got it. When Jess was pregnant, all of a sudden the book was there. Required reading. Required reading. It was there. It was handed to you. Hey, Mm -hmm. this is for you. Mm -hmm. I picked it up. Dan, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I picked it up, started reading it, got real scared. Got real scared right away. Was like, I didn't want to tell anybody about the pregnancy. I was very much like, I told two people. I was like, that's it. My lips are sealed. (laughs) Not saying anything to anyone else. Right. Partially just because, and not even partially, the whole thing was because there's so many what ifs in the book. Like, here's all of the things that could happen Mm -hmm. that I just got panicked, absolutely panicked. I don't know if you had any of that vibe when you were, I I just, for me, and I'm not really that anxious of a person or I didn't think of myself as an, I just, it got real, real for me at that stage when I started reading that book and I had to eventually just put it down. Right. Well, that that sounds like that sounds like the right move because there's no sense in building up a bunch of fear as long as you're prepared to support your partner uh, to be there for the birth when it happens and then and then to nurture the kid. You know, you don't need an overload of information if it's only going to create a negative for you. Uh, Zoe and I went the midwife route, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the next episode. Um, so the book that was recommended for me was a book called The Birth Partner, okay, which I found to be it sounds like what to expect maybe is a little more um there's a little more doom and gloom about what might happen the birth partner wasn't really that doom and gloomy i definitely also felt a little overwhelmed by reading the whole thing it was the kind of thing where some of the information was really interesting to me and i i couldn't wait to find out more and some of it i would find oh i i need to go back and read this paragraph again because it's kind of it's not really sticking necessarily mm-hmm. so what i will not pretend that i read every single part of that book i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to front um <laughs> but i i i decided that i was going to go through the whole thing if it felt like there was a passage or a chapter that maybe didn't feel like I needed to I wasn't going to go too hard on myself but that I was going to make sure to immerse myself as much as possible um, and yeah. I, 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 I did like reading up on it and um, you know it, it was a wild experience to all of a sudden have a pregnant wife and know that the clock was ticking and and you know pretty soon uh, everything's going to change something was going to happen <laughs> yeah no I, I that's a good point I ended up finding my own book which is uh, called Bringing Up Baby oh yeah and uh very much about it. It's a, it's about an American who moves to uh, to uh, Paris and uh, raises uh, her kids there, and kind of talks about what it's like there and the differences. And I found that book much more comforting overall. Uh, comforting overall, but I think you're right. This period, the the whole pregnancy time, is a time when for the for the big papas of the world, we're just like, 
all right, like I guess we'll find out some information about what's going to be happening here, whereas the miracle that is life <laughs> is happening beside you sometimes as you sleep. I remember my wife had this little uh, cozy, I don't know if it was called like a, not a Snuggie, but like a, it was like an S-shaped kind of pillow. Oh, yeah, sure. That she bought and she was like, this makes me comfortable when I sleep. I'm like, it's pretty expensive for a pillow. She's like, <laughs> I need it. I'm like, you got it. Absolutely. Well, a pillow that's almost like a dollar sign should be expensive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish now I'm thinking we should have bought the dollar sign one, like all blinged out, fully jeweled up. This could be a new business opportunity (laughs) for the big papas, a little side hustle. (laughs) What else? What else? I know that we were – there's all the stuff. That you need to get. You got to buy some stuff. There's stuff. You got to get this. You got to get that. Your I stuff people, needs stuff. I remember people giving us stuff where they were like, hey, this is a thing. We didn't even use this. And this was like $1,000. Like They're like, hey, this is a thing. We didn't use it. Do you want it? Sure, I guess. Sure. Okay. And we live in, you know, it's a three-bedroom, I guess. And the bedrooms are all reasonably sized. But it's a three-bedroom. I had an office space, so we're like, okay, this is fine. We got a nursery now. We got our bedroom. But suddenly the space felt a little more cramped. Sure. You know, because you were just like, okay, wait, what do we – okay, there's a crib. Then there's a change table. Uh There's all the things that you need. And I think that's one of the things we'll be talking about a bit later when we we talk to Shannon. But there's just – there's so much stuff. Did you get into the nursery building process? I did. I did. I did. I mean, the the one little maybe the one little story I'll share is that um, the uh, we got our we got our crib, um, and my, Jess, my wife, was away, and so I thought, you know what, the best thing for me to do right now is to build this crib. Be a hero. Yeah. When she gets home, I'll be like, hey, check it out. Guess what? Crib's all done. <laughs> Your man did that. This big papa. You're welcome. But here's what happened. I started building it, and you know, I, it, for the first little while, it went pretty good. I was like, "Yeah, this is it. We're nailing it." I'm getting right up until the end, and I realize I'm just about to put on the last piece, the side piece, and I go, "This is definitely not the side piece. They put in two of the same piece, and this is not going to work anymore." No. So I actually felt crushed at that moment. <laughs> And it's one of those things, I didn't take it to heart, and it wasn't really that bad. I just sent, they took a photo and sent Jess and said, hey, almost done? Yeah. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, that kind of sucks. Like, I, I, I here I was thinking I'm going to finish this thing, and then I didn't finish it. And you know what? I, it did, it did kind of feel a bit awkward. But you know what? We got the pieces. I fought with the people. I was like, hey, guys, you sent me the crib. It didn't have the right piece. They sent it back again with the wrong thing. But finally it was done, and I could stand back and look and say, one day my child will sleep in here. <laughs> and that was all that mattered, I think, in sure. the end. What about you, Dan? What else did, uh, what else did uh, the pregnancy uh, vibe, uh, what, what did it do to you? What well, um, I will say it's definitely a different experience uh, for a dad compared to the mom while pregnancy is happening. You know, uh, it takes a longer time, I think, for it to really sink in the reality of it. Uh, and I think I'm guessing that a lot of dads go through a process of, you know, kind of easing their way into this major shift that they're about to undertake. And it's it's pretty kind to dads in that way, in that you're not going through any of the physical toll, which I can tell you from witnessing my wife go through it, um, I would not do it. If it were possible for men to carry a child and give birth, and 
I, I, I don't think I am strong or brave enough to go through that experience, which, which brings us to uh, praising all of the moms. Yes, all, all of the praise do. to all of the moms. We have to do that at this time. For every what time you go through, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't possibly do it. So not even because you know, there's that episode of the Cosby Show. This is, and every time uh, this this topic comes up, I always think, you're like, okay, so what if men could do it? I always just think of the Cosby Show mm. when uh, the all the men in the show were giving birth to sandwiches. Hoagies, hoagies, if you will, and it didn't seem comfortable to give birth to a sandwich. And to be honest with you, I saw my wife give birth, and that also did not seem comfortable. So <laughs> I too would say I'm going to take a hard pass yeah. on giving birth. I, I I don't I don't think I would sign up for it. Um, so I was you know in awe of what Zoe was going through, and of course there's that feeling of helplessness to some extent. You can do you know a certain number of things, but you you can't really take away the the nausea that they may be experiencing. Uh, you know it becomes really hard to sleep. It's Tossing, impossible turning. for them to be comfortable physically, especially as they get later into it. Um, but you know, like I said, that that allows for the experience of the dad kind of getting into the mindset of, hey, my whole life's about to change. You know, it's it's a much easier process, I think. <laughs> I think for the dad. So I definitely felt that. Um, you know, I, I felt this increasing sense of, hey, it's time to step up and and be a great partner. You know, or at least to, to the best of my ability, and and to really just focus on on Zoe's comfort and making sure I can, you know, make whatever accommodations possible to try to ease this this process for her. What did that What did that look like? Um, it really just was being present, which is a great. Um, you know, it's great preparation for when the kid is there. That's so much of it. If you're dedicated and you care, just be there and listen, you know? What do you need? What Can I go out and grab you something? You know, uh, Zoe didn't have any, like, crazy cravings or anything, but there would be times when it was like, hey, you know, I would, it, it would be a comfort to me to go get this particular thing to eat or drink or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, car's already started. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's an easy one, right? Um, and then, you know, just it's easy to be freaked out when you're, a pregnant person, uh, you know, looking at what's happening to your body and this feeling that there's no turning back. The only way out is through. Um, so, so just being there and, and being open to supporting in any way that I possibly could, uh, which again is, is like a crash course for what it's all going to be like when, when the baby arrives. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it was, you're right. It, it, I remember one of the things that I really tried to do, and and I, I I made I think I made most of them was that whenever Jess had an ultrasound, I would just make time oh, yeah. to to go and and be there. I wasn't there for the first one, um, and then but all the subsequent ones, I was like, okay, if I can be there for it, I'm absolutely gonna do it. Just because you know, I mean, these things sometimes they don't last very long. Mm -hmm. You go in there, it's quick. Maybe it's ten minutes that you're actually in there, and the, you know they they the technician does their thing. Sometimes they tell you stuff. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. um, but it felt important to me to be there for her. And I know especially when we went to find out the the um, uh, what we were having in terms of it was it going to be a boy or a girl, um, that was important. And I just remember that looking back. I, I, there was nowhere else in the world that I would have wanted to be, right? Like, I mean, you know, I have a, I guess I'm lucky at the time I had a job that allowed me to be there. I know right. that's not the same for everyone, but it's just the moment they were sort of like, D -d 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 do you want to know? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, 
you're having a girl. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm like, I know boys. Uh, I know boys. I could deal with that. But I was like, a girl, I was like, okay, all of these names are done. <laughs> all of these ones are off the list. Uh, I was I was relieved when we found out we were having a girl. Really? Yeah, I was I was excited. Well, first of all, Zoe had a feeling that yeah. it was a girl. So whether it was uh, you know whatever it was, she would have been happy. But to validate the fact that she had a certain intuition toward it, and I think I think she she was happier. You know, maybe it's fifty two percent to forty eight or something, whatever it is. But I think she was a little happier to have a girl. Um, I don't know. I, I I was excited to have a girl. I, I'd love if we happen to have another kid. I'd love for it to be a boy. You get that nuclear family, and then that boy has the benefit of having an older sister, which yeah. I think is that's really a cool... that's a really good um, you know influence to have in your life. So we were really we were really happy. One of the things that, that just popped into mind from when we had that anatomy ultrasound is that the technician they can't tell you the information. They take it and they, and they can see it and they know, but they can't tell you. So our technician, you know, we're of course saying like, what you know, t- give give us a little some give us a little on, what, can, what can you tell us so the technician said well if i could see a penis this is where it would be <laughs> and so and of course we know what that means but we're still not like we're like okay so so it's a girl we're having a girl and they well if there were a penis yeah this is where the penis would be yeah uh that, that's just a, fun, a funny experience of, i feel like yeah right. you know what actually your technician sounds like very similar to what i have it was like there's an absence of something here right and by that yeah, you okay. can you can take from that what you will did you have josephine too yeah. <laughs> Was it Joe? You did you remember her name? No, I was no, like, I'm riffing. I'm riffing. Oh man, I was like, it's like, geez, Dan, you like, are you are you going for the Big Pop Award? I'm going for the. Big He's Pop like, Award. I know everybody, Josephine. <laughs> I know every single person, Lisa. Everybody, yeah. Josephine. Uh, that that just feels like a technician name to me. <laughs> Another thing, uh, so you know, I asked Zoe today, um, you know, saying, hey, we're going to do the the pregnancy episode today, and other things that you remember. And early on, uh, when she was in the first trimester. And we hadn't told anybody yet, which, you know, is what you do. You kind of keep it a secret. We went to a wedding of uh, really close friends of ours. And the wedding, it was it was a really cool, it was a, kind of a casual thing. They got married at a restaurant. So most of it was just everyone eating and drinking and, and having a great time. And after the ceremony, during which Zoe was not feeling great, we sat down for dinner and she realized she couldn't eat. She was super nauseous. Cool. So she went home. You know, this is one of my best friend's weddings. She wasn't about to ask me to come with her, but she left. And, you know, we didn't really explain it to anybody. And we noticed how, at the time, nobody said anything to us. But when you're in the mindset of pregnancy in general, maybe you've had a kid or you are yourself pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant, if a woman who got married a year and a half ago leaves a wedding abruptly and you're already on that wavelength, you're going to, you're going to say to your partner, oh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they're expecting, maybe she's leaving. And the other people who are at the wedding who aren't on that wavelength, they're not even, they're not aware of it at all. They're at the wedding, they're having fun. So we, you know, we, as when we told people two or three weeks or whatever it was later, there were certain people who were like, yeah, we knew. Yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah, we, yeah, we had, uh, we actually started a pool, <laughs> That's right. uh, so we knew that was happening. Yeah, no one leaves a wedding like that. No. Did you see the food? Did you see That's the? Right. You know, the food was free. She had two sparkling waters, one bite of uh, her meal, and then immediately ran out of the restaurant. This is, the, you know, what? That's a great point because I think my wife also had the same thing in the circle of friends that we have. 
going out restaurants, it was the thing, you know, and when, and, and not a lot of us had kids at that point. So it was like, yeah, we were going out, we'd have a bunch of drinks and my wife loves wine. She likes wine. She loves rosé, but she just loves wine. Sure. And it was very difficult to hide the fact. Like there were, there were some people who were, you know, we could do the old like, okay, look, I'm going to get, I'm going to go into the kitchen. I'm going to grab a glass, a wine glass. And I'm going to fill it up with some, maybe some sparkling water <laughs> and we'll be good to go. Like, but there were other people who just, they were completely oblivious. For sure. And then I remember even once we were at, uh, I think this is like probably maybe just a couple weeks, if not, uh, yeah, just maybe a couple weeks after we found out. And we were, didn't, didn't really tell anybody at this point. A few people knew. And we went to uh, a music festival, Way Home Festival, hey a, couple years, uh, a couple of years, uh, couple years ago. Uh, and we were like, okay, how are we going to do this? And basically, the plan just became, Pierre, you get to be as drunk as you want to be this weekend. So we'd be buying drinks. Jess would be holding the drink, and I'd be like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to pound this drink, then you're going to pour that beer into here, and then we're going to pour in water into there so that no one will know. Oh, my gosh. And it was a, it was a lot of planning for, like, people were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "How did you tell?" He was like, well, because first of all, Pierre is wasted right now, and you just seem to be perfectly fine, even though you've been drinking the same amount. So something must be wrong here. It's your third ice cream yeah. of the day, also. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah, when when people know, they know, and the ones that don't know, they don't even think about it at all. Yeah, and obviously, you know, no one. No one cares. Everyone gets it. Yeah, you don't talk about it during. You know, it's like not talking about a no hitter. You don't mention it. You don't until in, until it's at least more of a sure thing. One of the other things that I, that I wanted to talk about that that Zoe and I were recalling that we we often joke about, even though it was kind of a disappointing thing that happened, was while Zoe was pregnant, people would say to me, "Oh, you're going to be a great dad." No one ever told Zoe that she was going to be a great mom. And it seemed to be because kind of societally there's this expectation. Oh, you're going to be a mom? You're, you better be a good mom. Either you're going to be, we, we trust you, or in, in more cases, like, well, that's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. So you better be a good mom. And, you know, I, I don't think it was particularly hurtful to Zoe. Like I said, it was more the kind of thing that we noted and kind of made fun of. But it's kind of messed up to tell a, a dad to be how great a dad he's going to be and to not, you know, give a little love the mom's way and let her know, hey, we think you're going to be a good mom too. And believe me, Zoe is at least as good a mom as I am a good dad. <laughs> um, so th that was one thing that we kind of recalled. And I think, you know, it kind of speaks to these expectations and pressures that we put culturally on mothers, this idea that, well, that's just your job. You know, you don't yeah, you don't yeah. get any credit for that. You don't get any extra thanks for that. And it's really it's really not fair, because like we said, that you know what they're experiencing, it's insane. It's totally insane. The physical changes that, that a pregnant person goes through. Yeah, it's I remember. Um, going to uh, our, we took some classes at the like prenatal classes, yeah. And I remember being in those classes, and you know, I mean, obviously, I'd read some of these books, and, uh, but then they were describing childbirth, and I was just in awe. Yeah. Like I jotted down so many notes now. I got like I've got a notebook that's just got like pages and pages where I was like, oh my, is that a thing? I'm writing it down. I'm looking around. I'm like, does that, do other people are they hearing the same thing that I'm hearing? Because if they are, they need to know this is in insane right now um and it, it it's fascinating and i think obviously as we said all praises do all praises due to moms 
all over. Moms. Moms, moms, moms. It's for you. We love you. But, you know, I almost wonder if the thing you're saying doesn't tie into sort of the, the whole idea of what, what we're talking about in terms of Big Papas, which is that, you know, maybe maybe people just felt like men, nah, you know what, they're not really going to do much, like, you know, in the past, right? right. So, so it was almost like they were saying, Dan, we know you. You're, you're, you're like a modern – you're going to be a modern dad. You're going right. to be an around guy. You're going to be there, and, and that's why you're going to be good. Right. Not that they shouldn't – I mean, they also should have given mad love to Zoe, but it, it – it, it, I, I think I wonder whether or not that was a part of it, right? It's like, let's big up the dads so yeah. that he does a, a, maybe a better job than the dads of the past. Even though dads of the past, you guys killed it too. Yeah, you guys did all right. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's a good point, though. Um, but as much as we may be able to talk about this, uh, we have a guest coming up who actually went through it firsthand. Get out. A mom, you might say. Yeah. All praise. All praise be. Uh, Shannon's gonna, yeah. Shannon's gonna come and she's gonna give us some. She's gonna give some tips, but she's also gonna just tell us a little bit about what it was like for her. And I think that's uh, that's important. Uh, we want to we want to hear that, just because again, it's different for everyone. And she's got a story to tell. We want to hear that one too. For sure. We'll be right back with Shannon on Big Papas. Hey, welcome back. It's Big Papas, the podcast for modern dads. Episode two, we're talking about pregnancy, and our special guest has arrived. Pierre, why don't you introduce her? Oh, it would be my pleasure. Shannon Lee Simmons is the founder of the New School of Finance, a fee-only approach to financial planning. They do retirement planning, investments, and they can help you run your small business, I believe. Last year, HarperCollins published her book, Worry-Free Money, The Guilt-Free Approach to Managing Your Money and Your Life. She's the money columnist for CBC's Metro Morning and the woman who's prevented many financial arguments, or as I like to call them, spirited discussions between my wife and I. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks we're glad to get here. you here. Yeah. I'm stoked. All right, let's 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 do this. But for, you know what? Today we're talking about pregnancy. So you know we're going to talk about some of the financial bit in a bit in a, in a little while. But let's let's maybe start with pregnancy. You you got a family of your own, and I heard it started not not too long ago. No, yeah. So our little guy just turned uh, 13 months, so he's just over a year. Congrats! And congrats. yeah, it's a. Uh, it's totally wild and wonderful, and um, and yeah, so we're just a little budding family, but just a one kid, just a one baby for now. Right now, you're just like that's it. This Who knows? is it. Yeah, the future will be whatever, it, whatever it might be. Right? Yeah, um, we're we're uh, we're good on the one right now. <laughs> as much as we can wax poetic on the experience of witnessing pregnancy, perhaps you have a bit more of a firsthand uh, experience. To offer. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like for you? <laughs> I had an interesting time because um because I run my own business I was very afraid to out myself as pregnant because I do a lot of media stuff okay and I was really nervous so I kept it I kept it like kind of secretive for a longer time than I think most people um and I actually signed my book deal while pregnant and they didn't know I wore like a really baggy weird dress with a lot of beads <laughs> and like big hair so they would look everywhere else and um signed the book deal and then after when I came in to meet with my editor I was like I'm pregnant. And she's like, how pregnant? And I'm like, 23 weeks pregnant. And she's like, oh, my God. So we had to do this whole, my book deadline became due the same day as the baby because I had to hand the manuscript in the same day that the baby was born because I couldn't write afterwards. Afterwards. 
So I had an interesting pregnancy because it was this race against this clock wow. during tax season, which is our busiest time of the year. <laughs> and I was like writing a book and like eating so much chocolate and like I couldn't <laughs> have wine. So I was like, ah, like, yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting. I mean, like health wise, it was great. I was really lucky. I had a really, um, you know, besides the normal stuff, I had a really like good pregnancy. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't sick for like nine months or anything like that, but it was just, uh, it was definitely this ticking clock cause I had both babies, the book. And the real baby. Which one did 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 one which which arrived first? Okay, so I was late for both. Uh, I, I, uh, I like hand, any good writer, right? I handed in the manuscript three days late, but Bill came uh, ten days late, and I like to think that he was respectful of my career from the womb. That's you know yeah. he's like, mom, you got to do your thing. You need a week off. I'm just going to stay in here and wait till I get to be 10 and a half pounds. Honestly, the kid's <laughs> going to go far if they respect deadlines. 10 and a half pounds. <laughs> All respect to the moms. This is true, Shannon. All respect to you, Shannon. You don't know this because, again, this is your first time on the show, but a thing that we like to do, the, the, the podcast is obviously Big Papas, but we obviously know we wouldn't be, where would we be without the Big Mamas? Nowhere. Right? Nowhere. So and I was one. All Let praise is due, basically, All is praise. what we like to and do. 10 and a half. Compression oh, socks on this girl for the month of May. <laughs> I love I love the name Bill. It's so cute. Big Bill. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we saw a photo. He was like Michelin manning it yeah, out there. He's my whole life. I love him. Yeah. What, what did did you have anything again? Because we have our own experiences. We'll probably we'll t- probably talk about those uh, a bit more. And and but what did what was it like for you? Did you did you once it happened? You knew okay okay we're I'm having a baby. What did that feel like? How did you, you know, how did you, how did you celebrate? What did you do? Oh my God. Okay. So this was a bit of an oops, a baby, not an oops, a baby, but it was more like nothing will happen. And then it did. Um, and so I can tell you that it was a positive shock. Like, you know, you know what you're doing. You're playing with fire, but like, I didn't, I didn't anticipate. And so it was Labor Day weekend. We were heading to a wedding and it was like wedding season. It was, um, and it was my husband's work friends. So I didn't really know anybody. So it's definitely one of those weddings that you want to like find a friend and then like have wine. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm like, I think I should take a test. Long story short, what I'm very comfortable saying is we were on the way to my husband's like coworkers weddings. I found out and then I was so sick all weekend. So all of his friends thought that I was a super buzzkill because I was just like oh, up in the hotel room and he was in the he was in the wedding party so he wasn't around. Oh, and no. I was like I called my mom from the hotel room and I was like I'm pregnant and she's like where are you? I'm like alone in a hotel room. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So anyways, when we got home the whole family came and we did the whole celebratory thing at that point. But it was a really strange night for me because like Matt was in the wedding party and had to like go do groomsman thing. And I was exhausted and like, like sick. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. This does not feel great right yeah. now. Seems like there are these weird, like w- why did it strike you at that moment to be like, because I, I had a friend who the other day too, they're like j- just about to go out for dinner. Like, I'm going to go for dinner. We're going to have a bunch of wine. It's going to be rosé. It's going to be rosé, rosé, rosé. And then <laughs> she like, she says to my wife, she's like, well, you know what? I I think I'm going to take a test. And I'm like, it just seems like it's strange. Like it's like some, this I don't know if it's a switch or just something where you're like, you know, now. And it always seems to not be a very, like it seems to be a very random or odd place where it actually happens. It's because if... If you know you're about to like go to a wedding or go for dinner and have alcohol and there's a chance, you don't want to chance it. And so you kind of 
pull the trigger regardless of like how how inconvenient it is mm-hmm. because you want to make sure that you know so that if you're going to go have some fun you can just have fun and like let your hair down and you don't have to worry about anything right so i feel like that's why if i was just if i was just hanging out that night and watching netflix i probably wouldn't have taken yeah. a test but because we were going specifically to a wedding <laughs> i was like i should do this before just in case you had a feeling you have a feeling and like you know what you've done so like you know that there's a possibility right what was i up to Hmm. Oh, right. right. There was that thing. Yeah. There was that thing. And that so, leads and to the other one. Yeah. You want to know, like, and you want to know just so you have that peace of mind one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. Did right. you have any inkling of intuition toward the baby's gender? I know there are many people who do have a feeling. Did you? I totally did. And were you I, correct? I absolutely was. Nicely so done. The wow. Simmons women, uh, <laughs> it's a matriarchy. We have to marry our men in. And so there are like aunts and sisters and female cousins and nieces, and there's no boy. Wow. And so I was like, I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the boy. Breaking the mold. I'm breaking the mold. <laughs> and then they're like, Well, what are we gonna do on Simmons Women Weekend? And I'm like, bring him. I don't care. We're ha- it's happening, but like this is a boy in here. And then sure enough, we I we found out too, because I'm a Capricorn and I need to know things. And so uh we found out and I was like, it's the first Simmons, like there's the first boy that's been born like within the family and not married in in a very long time. So well. very exciting. Nice. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned that you didn't tell the publisher about your pregnancy. I wonder, are there, were there other situations where you felt like, I'm not supposed to tell certain people about this, or and this this kind of calls back to something that we discussed earlier, and the, the idea of pregnant women kind of being looked at or treated in a certain way in society that puts all these expectations on them or pressures on them. Do you have did you have any experiences like that? Yeah, so I I mean not only just the with the book stuff, but I was very afraid for the business that people would wonder like, oh, I guess she's just gonna check out now, or or, or like if if she is pregnant, then what does that mean for her? business and I felt a lot of this pressure that um, really freaked me out so that's why I did keep it on the DL and then also from just like your that first trimester for me was also a time of like it was it's wild because you know you're pregnant and everything and you feel well I did anyways I felt the worst in that first trimester you're so, I was so tired I was sick like not horribly but just like it's there um, but you also don't look pregnant yet <laughs> and only a few people know and so you're moody and you're tired and you feel sick, but you're not allowed to tell anyone or you're not allowed to, but like you, you often don't. And I was also worried to tell people even beyond that first trimester. And so I found that a really weird time because I wanted to tell everyone and yet to explain why I'm being so weird and like falling asleep in my plate at like <laughs> six o'clock at night. But at the same time, there's also this like weird secrecy around it. So I found that, um, like that was a strange thing that I didn't anticipate in the first trimester and then after the first trimester I ended up telling more people than I even thought like in my friends and stuff like that because I just needed support I just needed to be like this is happening to me and I want to celebrate and also be like this is a weird thing that's happening to me like my body's doing crazy things so that's, I just grew a foot that's an interesting that's an interesting point there because I think uh I when my wife was pregnant was very much like a like I told two people and then I locked it down. And this was in the first trimester, obviously, so the early part. But I heard you say that uh, that even after, at first you were like, I don't know if I want to tell people. What was like? What was that thing that was sort of holding you back? Um, in the first trimester, it was like, well, 
you know, what happens if, if something happens to the baby and I don't, I don't know. And it served my first pregnancy. And so I was, I was like nervous about that. Um, and then, yeah, just like the business piece of it too, and not having a plan for what I was going to do. And I have a staff and a team and I didn't want them to think that their, you know, fearless leader didn't have a plan. So I was like, I got to get a plan together. Like, <laughs> let's make one. So I had to keep it. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that played into that in That's the very fun. beginning. Um, and then afterwards, it just kind of still plagued me. And I kind of didn't come out publicly with it until week 30. And that's when I finally, I was on the CBC with like a massive belly. And I was like, well, the secret, the jig is up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come clean with it on, uh, on social media. And I was just like, okay, hey, surprise. Everyone. Here it is. <laughs> Here's Here it the bump. Is. Here's Big Bill. We got uh, we got a little bit more time. Actually, you know what I wanted to ask? The, 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 the show is also about, uh, obviously, Big Papa's. And um, I'm wondering whether or not when you when you found out you're pregnant and you're, as you went through your pregnancy, did you have any idea about the kind of dad that you wanted your, your husband to be? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I did. There's obviously been surprises and stuff, but um, we have – I'm very close with my sister, and she has two girls – and so we're, I'm the youngest. And so we've been around the family and seeing them parent. And then we've been like, oh, I really like that about what they do. And like, oh, I don't like what they do. But like, so we've had these conversations before we, we actually had the baby. So there were the elements of us talking about wanting kids and having kids and how we, how we think about this and what would be needed here. And because I have this unique scenario with, I run my own business, like I don't get a mat leave. So that's always been a discussion for us about how would we survive that year if I had to go back early, earlier than a lot of like, you know, in Canada, um, we get a year. And so there's always been that discussion about how can Shannon manage to work with all the things that she's doing and still manage. So he's been a part of that conversation. It's like, okay, well, could he take a mat leave or could he take or a paternal leave? Could he take some time off? So I really feel like we had all a lot of conversations about it, and he, you know he didn't disappoint. He's a great dad. Awesome. No, that's great to hear. Do um, you just on that topic? Yeah. Do you recall during your pregnancy whether it was big things that were kind of constant, or just like little things that your husband would do that were particularly helpful oh to you God. or supportive for you? Yeah. So I feel like it really became real for him after the first trimester. Okay. It was like when I started looking pregnant. Not that he wasn't amazing before that, but that's when I feel like he was like, oh, man, mm -hmm. uh, my wife is pregnant. Whoa. <laughs> and I felt this major shift and um, like nightly foot rubs, which were so great. And Whoa. I have to that was for me. Nightly. Maybe we'll edit this one out. Like, yeah. Just literally. Just for the big papas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're literally, listening to I would this. sit and be like, help me. I had to have compression socks and stuff. So that's also why. Right. So because um, my feet were swelling. At the end there, especially. But that was super helpful. And just, like, he really was supportive. And, like, because I was writing the book and I was under this deadline, you know, he really stepped it up with... I mean, we share the domestic labor a lot, but he was very much, like... I got all the groceries. I got... I have all the cooking. Like, you don't have to worry about that stuff because... Unlike normal, usually I would have had the weekends, but I was doing the business and then writing the book on the weekends. It was like an absolute abnormal time in my life, regardless of being pregnant. And then the fact that I was, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months pregnant during the fiercest time of that deadline, he was so 
so helpful. So I think like, yes, the foot rubs were amazing, but also like picking up a lot of this, the, um, like the more than a fair share of the domestic labor at home with the cooking and also like the cleaning and the laundry and stuff. Um, instead of it just being equal, it was definitely more one-sided on him so that I could focus on the book and also just like, yeah, my feet were swollen and I was really big by the end. And so going up and down the stairs with a basket of laundry was not fun. Yeah. It was terrible. So, (laughs) and there was never any like, I did this today. Aren't you so proud of me? Which I so was, and I was very appreciative, but it was like, he was just like, I'm happy to do this. And that was, I felt really supported. I think Dan, we're at the, we should do some sort of award thing. You know what I mean? There's sure. just these, there are some big papas who I think have done standout jobs. And I mean, I'd like to count myself in that, but that story, that sounded like pretty good. Yeah, that did sound pretty He's good. He's a winner. He's did a winner. he? Daniel. Did he do any <laughs> winner Daniel? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> did did your husband do any like you know like last hurrah like go out for dinner with the boys oh, or something like did he 18 times right yeah. right well that, i think i actually think it's that's an important part of the process and it, you know it's interesting you said it really got real once it was more visible the pregnancy can be kind of a slow burn of realization i think for the oh, dad oh. and it you know it only gets really really real super late in the game whereas it's been real for the mom since you know as soon as you get that sickness which is very early on maybe not everyone gets it but yep. i know it's pretty common and yeah that that's uh i went i went to a concert a few weeks before uh my daughter was born which isn't to say that i haven't been to concerts since then <laughs> but it was in my, it was like uh you know this is i'm going to go to this concert with some friends of mine and i'm not going to ever go to a concert again without <laughs> having a baby at yeah. home and it it was kind of you know it was a, a monumental thing in a way um and and one thing that's that's popped up recently in in my friend circle we've done a few of them is the dad chiller party oh i love that term. now this is not it's not anywhere near the type of like a bachelor party type of thing so there's no vegas well, there was no Vegas in any of these. Where some of some of the bachelor parties I've been involved in, there might be some travel, or maybe it's like a weekend at a cottage or something. In my experience, at least, the bachelor thing is like a ball game and dinner with the guys or something. I love it. But it's still, you know, it's like a ritual and a rite of passage in it. I think it's part of the process for dads saying, "Okay, I'm, um, you know, a couple little last hurrahs here," yeah. and and pretty innocent last of us certainly compared i'm sure to plenty of people's bachelor parties um but 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 that that, that's kind of the process that that guys are going through as their impending dadhood approaches yeah i totally agree matt was the same and i think it's like you know in your year of first you're like oh it's the first time they did this and the first time they did this it's the the year of last yeah yeah right and so um you, that resonated a lot with me. Like Matt would be like, but this is the last time I can do this activity without a baby or this activity or see this friend. And it was like, yeah, I know. But I, I and it's so true as the pregnant person, you're, you don't get that swan song, right? Like it's the second oh, you no. find out yeah. it's you're, you're in. Yeah. And so the dads get a nicer, they get to like ease into it, like an old man into a hot bath. <laughs> yeah. We just get plunged right on. It's into almost the deep like end. things are easier for dads. Yeah. Huh. No, you guys work hard too. We do, but I mean, again, I there was there was plenty of occasions in which I know my wife was like, I hate everyone here right now because you guys are all drinking and having a wonderful time, yeah. and my husband is really living it up because he's also like, woo, gotta get this done. You got a designated driver for nine months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that when you, that card gets played one too many times, my friends. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. No, this has been really good. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll get into the what to expect uh, financially when you're expecting. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the show. This is Big Papas. We're here with Shannon Lee Simmons, money columnist for CBC's Metro Morning and founder of the New School of Finance. We wanted to get into, we brought you here, this is a pregnancy episode, but you know, I want to speak for myself anyway in this. When, we, when my wife and I found out we were having our first, uh, it was, yes, we're doing this. Congratulations. We started telling our parents. We told a few people. Uh, and then something you know, just kind of wormed its way into my head, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, I guess things are going to change, so what about money? What do we need to do for money? And I think what we ended up doing, because obviously we'd, we'd use uh, Shannon, your services before. Uh, so we just said, you know what? Who better to help us figure out these issues than the person we talked to about money? So maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, what people often forget, what they need to be thinking about. Mm. We just want to make sure that the for the big papas and their mamas out there as well, uh, what should they be thinking about when it comes to money and, and thinking about having a kid or more than one kid? Yeah, and that's interesting that you say the second kid factor, which I'll get into in a second too. Um, <laughs> okay, so the big things that I that cross my desk that I see people planning for that or that they should be planning for um, is there's two kinds of costs associated with having a baby. Um, uh, maybe even three. The first one is, I call it like baby startup costs. So this can vary family to family depending on hand-me-downs and <laughs> gifts from family. But at some point, you're probably going to have to buy a crib or get a crib at some point. So again, I'm not sure if that's been hand- handed down to you. That's one thing. But there's cribs, there's car seats, there's strollers, there's equipment that comes. And a lot of times people think that um, it's going to be cheap, but baby gear is not cheap. And so even if you're doing your best to take secondhand and thrift, there might still be things like a car seat, for example, that you're not even allowed to have a a hand-me-down with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are various things. And what I think that the baby startup costs can be extravagant or low, but I usually say for people to, during pregnancy, put aside between anywhere between like $2,500 to $5,000 or, you know, expect to spend it. And I mean... Of course, everybody's different. So people might spend more than that and some left. Maternity clothes cost money. That was something that took me by surprise. And I tried I tried to hold out, but, like, I could not after a while. I mean, it's got a little stretch to it, right? Like, I, I tried. And so, <laughs> so maternity clothes were a thing that definitely I didn't see. The supplements that I was taking were expensive that, like, you've got you've to plan for. Um, the gear and the equipment and the setting up of the, the nursery and all that stuff. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm pretty basic, but it was still just money. You know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. kind of feels like it all happens at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of money in a short period of time. And I think that that's why it can feel a little bit scary. So there are those baby startup costs that we've got going on. Um, one of the big miss, like the things that are missed that I often hear on the other side of when the baby actually comes out and money when it when it went off the rails is planning for unexpected health. Like if you have to see a naturopath or if you have to see if um, like a pelvic floor specialist and if you don't have benefits. So I know a lot of moms that had like a birth that left them um, needing to see a pelvic floor specialist, but like their benefits don't cover it. So they had to pay money out of pocket for quite some time. So those kinds of like health therapies and stuff are something that, you know, you might want to just have a rainy day fund for if you're able to. So there, there's those startup costs. And then there's the ongoing costs of 
la baby. So like <laughs> diapers and wipes and all that stuff. And so there's there's a huge spike in your toiletries. And if you're able to breastfeed, that's great from a financial perspective. But if you're not, formula is really expensive. It's expensive. It's very expensive. And so those are those are costs that are going to spike up, but they're going to repeat. So like it's one thing with those baby startup costs that kind of spike and then they, they that's it, right? Um, and it doesn't happen necessarily with the second kid because you've got all the gear and the, Hopefully the stuff. Hopefully you didn't sell it all. You didn't you... sell it all or buns it, yeah. Oh. Um, and so Yikes. there's, oh, did you sell yours? No, 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 no. We just, we, just, we just gave it to someone who, like we were like, we only have a limited amount of space. So I was like, yeah can we get this out of our house and into someone else's house temporarily? And then when we need it, like call it like, Hey, we're going to need that stuff back. There's a lot of, a lot of items floating around the like baby ecosystem where uh, the, um, the bassinet that we used wasn't ours and we used it for a little while and then gave it back to a friend. And then we've had things that we've bought and then passed along and maybe you get it back or maybe you just, you know, it kind of goes a few, a few more, generations down the road and but yeah that, that's that that's a funny part about it too and the space needing to clear oh. out the space right it's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants only like the traveling bassinet yeah, as soon as soon as you don't need it anymore it's like we we absolutely cannot have this i know yeah. i know so there's that and then yeah the the toiletries and stuff is going to spike on you so you sure. dropped you dropped something in there and uh, because now i mean i'm thinking in my head i've got an idea of maybe what it is pelvic floor specialist specialist mm-hmm. could you just go into that a little bit okay well i i didn't i didn't go to a pelvic floor specialist myself so i might butcher that like what it actually does but my friend went um because after birth she would pee every time she would walk by accident like she couldn't not like oh damn pee a bit mm-hmm. so she had to go and get that taken care of and so there's it's physiotherapy for like your insides in, yeah up in there <laughs> you know what? You learn something new when you Very listen to this podcast. Very helpful for women, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's and and if it's not covered by benefits, you got to pay, right? And that see that see okay see that's amazing because again, never I don't remember reading that in any book. And it, but again, thinking of a cost, I'm like we wouldn't have been. I don't know if we would have been ready for that. Like for sure, absolutely. And it can be hundreds and hundreds. And if you're going two or three times a week. That's that's expensive. Oh, these pelvic floor fat cats are just yeah. raking it in. No, they're they're magic workers. <laughs> I'm totally, they're wonders. I'm totally joking. Yeah. <laughs> but and then there is one more cost that I I have to just say. Yeah, the go co- into it. The cost of mat leave when one person isn't working and half your income just gets taken off the table. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. a thing. Go into it. Sure. Well, I like to think of mat leave like getting your training wheels on for daycare. So if you can make your life happen on mat leave, then you can probably survive the daycare years. So if you that's the that's probably your worst case scenario is when you're down to the the mat leave scenario. So for those who have it, you get a fraction of your income and that can be really hard. So I often will back the costs out and say like, "Okay, your household is short by like 500 bucks a month while you go on mat leave." So if we add that up over the whole year, that's six thousand dollars that we would need before we kind of went in there. Or you're going to have to cut expenses severely to make up for that deficit, which is just really unrealistic when you're exhausted. I don't know about you, but the takeout bill in my house went bananas during the first <laughs> six months or the first six weeks. And so, um, like, there's just there's all those extra costs. So really thinking about the fact that somebody's income is going to go off the table for a period of time and then it's going to be replaced by daycare maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all of that financial planning that needs to happen. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real shocker. I think uh, it's one of the parts of, I think, 
a pregnancy, having a kid that it just doesn't seem like the one that you don't see that in a movie. You know what I mean? There's not that part where they're like, okay, and then if I move this over here, it looks like we're good to go. It's always just, oh, we got pregnant. Cool. We'll figure it out. Montage sequence. We're good to go. Where's the Excel spreadsheet? Yeah. The montage. There is no, yeah. That <laughs> My we, question. We need to add that in. That's a story they never tell. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So visually boring. <laughs> <laughs> the Lamaze class, the breathe in and out, has a lot more visual right? appeal to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, can you think of any kind of horror stories or maybe some examples of if people didn't plan ahead, if they didn't think of it? I'm, I'm sure we can all imagine what may happen, but do you have any kind of firsthand knowledge of that? Yeah, I think that, oh, without being a Debbie Downer, because let me just say this for the record before we deep dive into worst case scenarios here and all the <laughs> things. Anybody who's listening to this that has kids is probably like laughing along, but if you ha- if you don't and you're, on, and you're thinking about it, Anyone can raise kids on any income. It's okay, right? So we're just talking about if you can financially plan before, that's great. But if you can't, you can still make it work. Um, But on that note, uh, worst case scenario. So I was joking about this with you guys earlier. Um, I do have a client who had their second baby and it was twins. And so the financial ramifications of an an unexpected three three kids – their house that was only a two bedroom house, like oh, a condo. Snap. So they were, they were already thinking like the kids would share a room and now it's three. Oh, right. Um, a car there, they didn't have enough sure. room in their car. So sure. that's a new car. Um, all of those extra things that I was just talking oh. about. And then the extra help that was needed because twins during that first year, like a lot of support is necessary. So they ended up needing a nanny to help. Um, and so th- that is very expensive. So it was a, doozy of a year financially um they're happy they have a wonderful family like they're stoked and everything worked out okay but there was a financial hangover from that year of matt leave that was something to be was a force to be reckoned with they were very lucky that they had a line of credit um so at least there was borrowing happening but at least it was in a low interest rate environment instead of credit cards um, so, I mean, for them, that was great. And then now that things are back on track and they're working towards it and everything's going to be okay. And there's a happy ending at the end of that, at the end of that story. But that was a phone call that was a very panicked mama <laughs> that I was like, just breathe. Like, it's like Lamaze only like post baby. <laughs> like, it's okay. We're going to get through this. Yeah. yeah. Lots of, lots of scary stuff there. Yeah. Listeners at home. I'm like, in an awkward position. I was You're sitting comfortably and then I was, <laughs> as soon as this conversation turned into the twin speed, I just sort of started to like, you turned. Yeah. My back. And I just, Oh, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't feel great. It Twins doesn't will feel get great. You. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Oh man. Yeah. Oh God. I touched my, I touched my heart like three times. I was, I'm really feeling for her. Yeah. I hope she's listening. Well, I mean, what, so I think, and you, you touched on a good point, which is that it, it Truly, cost aside, kids are amazing. They're great, and you know we don't want to. We don't want to be completely like oh, <laughs> you've got to be super worried, and and but you do. You know it is it is a good idea to think about some of the costs that you're going to be uh, that you're going to be things you're going to be spending money on, things maybe you don't have to spend money on, things you can share. The, these are all good things and, yeah. and good advice for for the big papas out there that are that are you know maybe about to have a kid or or thinking about uh, having a kid soon. I wish that in retrospect, I wish I had done more of the borrowing. So I 
I now know how much baby gear people want to get out of their home, which right. I didn't realize was currency before. And so I, had I known that, I would have joined more groups like mom mm. groups or parenting groups and just put it out there and gotten a bunch of stuff for free. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. And now I see all this stuff in my basement and I'm like, someone take this away even temporarily from me and give it back to me if I ever need it again, you know? Uh, Cause it's just, um, I didn't realize that. Now I feel empowered by that. And I absolutely would do that this time to save right. a lot of money. Yeah. that That's a, a good thread. Are there any other things that now, you know, with the benefit of hindsight that you would do differently being, whether it's through pregnancy or, or anything else that relates to parenting so far? I think that the childcare situation, I wish that I had been like, I guess I wish that I had added myself to lists earlier. We didn't mm -hmm. get a spot on time. So now I ended up paying for like a, like a caregiver, which is more expensive because I didn't get a spot and I needed to go back to work early. And so I wish that I had been more on that and been on lists earlier so that I, I could have gotten the spot by the time I needed it and it was more affordable. So that was something that was a huge spike for us that wasn't necessarily expected. Right. Yeah. What is it, do you ever see um, situations where maybe daycare doesn't seem to work like, or it'll, it would be too much of a pressure on someone and, and, and what do they end up doing? Or is there, is there anything that you've found clients doing to sort of say like, okay, here, how can we solve this issue without sort of putting ourselves into too much debt? What do you mean? Like so in terms of, let's say, you know, let's say a couple looks at their finances. They're like, okay, we know that daycare is coming. It's going to really take a rip out of our money. What other options would maybe you present to them? Like, or, you know, I know some people have done nannies or, you know, you can sort of like group together and say, okay, a nanny let's share. A nanny share. Yeah. 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 So I actually, I do that. So I, I ended up because to offset the cost, it was so much. Um, so now me and another family, we share our caregiver and that it's working out so well. So, um, that is a really great solution, but I have the flexibility with my schedule that I can be home two days a week still, right? Uh, nice. So that I'm not sure if that would work for people that weren't self-employed, but if you have two self-employed families, that's a that's a great opportunity for that. Um, so joining those neighborhood groups is really good. Um, and I think that the other thing that I would say is like, yes, if you can um, do like a home daycare maybe, or if you can share a caregiver or anything like that, like those are helpful. But overall, I think that – what am I trying to say here? I think overall it's going to be expensive, you know, no matter what you're doing. So what I often tell people is that your financial job during the early child years and the daycare years is just to survive. Like that's it. Like you can put retirement on hold. You can put the financial goals on hold. Your job is to try not to go into so much debt. Mm -hmm. um, if you can survive those years without taking on more debt, I think you've done an, an ace job of financial planning for yourself because the cards are financially stacked against you during these years. And so just any port in the storm, just hold each other and just try to get through it. And if you come up the other side without taking on more debt than you went into it, then I'm proud of you. And that's a, that's a gold star in my office. That's great. You know what? I was I was going to ask you, you know, if you could distill it down, what is kind of the mantra? But I, I think you just nailed it. 
uh, a, a lot of really valuable information for uh, people who are already parents or who are about to become parents. And um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come in yeah, and talk absolutely. to us today. Shannon is incredible. I love it. This is yeah. so great. No, and I think uh, just anybody out there thinking about the the second one, and you're you know, remember that twin, like that twin thing could drop on you. Just <laughs> I don't have here. more kids because yeah. you might get two. Oh man, for Big Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm getting back to that awkward. It just feels you need awkward. To relax, yeah. man. We're all uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just imagining it. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, we will be right back after this. That's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us on Big Papas. Next week, we're going to talk all about childbirth. Get Ooh. ready for it. That's <laughs> that, exciting. That one sounds fun. <laughs> Get ready. We're going to have uh, a very special guest, a midwife, on next week to talk about childbirth with us. We're going to talk about our experiences, and uh, we hope you'll join us again. For Pierre Hamilton, I'm Dan Worry-Smith. Thanks for being with us on Big Papas. We love you. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Peace.